they're all tied in. And I always tell people, let's say if you don't have money or have money, mm-hmm. the reason is your emotional attachment to it. Mm-hmm. So we address that emotion, then we can start solving other problems. Right. A lot of us are caught up into whatever comes out on that TV, I have to get it and buy it. And that's part of the reason why we don't have it. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast. I have a very special guest on the show. I have Shandell or Shandiggy. Great to have you on the show, sir. Yes, indeed. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we're here live in Intelligent Office. They're doing some phenomenal things where we get the opportunity to do a podcast interview here and learn a little bit more about Shandell or Shandiggy, I should say, and all those <laughs> awesome things. But I guess to kick everything off, I wanted to hear a little bit more about you, your story. We'll let you get started with all your awesome work. I am a substance abuse and mental health counselor. I am now in the Northern Virginia area, but I've started out in Philadelphia. That's where I'm from. So I've worked in several different capacities there. I worked um, as a 911 dispatcher in Philadelphia. I've worked with the kids in school, tutoring and things of that nature. Um, Then I worked with the delinquents um, in probation. And I've worked in New Jersey with state-appointed youth who were, it was in a hospital, but it was secured facility inside of a hospital. So I've done all that work for many years. I got into substance abuse counseling because I came up in the 80s and I knew so many people, family members, friends that were all of this and all of that. Hmm. And then when crack came, it was like a nuclear bomb. And the North Philly neighborhood that I lived in was very highly populated. Mm -hmm. And then it just was abandoned. So, and it's never came back. Right. So I always heard people say, you do crack once and you never, you always get hooked. So I said, I want to not try it. Right, <laughs> I right. want to get in here to see what I can do. To combat it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So my journey has taken me all over. New Jersey, Philly, Maryland, D.C. Now I'm here in Northern Virginia and I love it here. I teach full-time doing substance abuse counseling and, and I run my private practice. I have outpatient practice where I do mental health and substance abuse uh, counseling here in Virginia. No, I appreciate you sharing that. So when you say there's not a lot of help, it's not a lot of resources for people to reach out to or it's not awareness or? I would say both. Okay. It's a lot of myth. And even even when people do have insurance and they go get the help, yeah. let's say it's a 30-day program. Mm-hmm. They go get the help. They only get approved for five days. Really? So, so, wow, what are you really doing? So the stuff that is out there, it needs to be more. And what it is, this is a capitalistic society, whether we like it or not. Helping people uh, and with mental health and on substances, is it money? Right. It's putting out money. So they just put it to the wayside and then you get more of what's out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely sorry to hear that. I appreciate you tremendously, obviously, in the work that you do, but bringing light to that. And I'm curious, like during, especially during the the pandemic, I feel like there's been more talk around mental awareness, but that might just be, you never know, you never check in numbers. Has it opened up more of a conversation or awareness from people, individuals, organizations? Have you seen that? I am hearing a little buzz. 
Okay. So I will say more so people who have been affected directly by it are stepping up because can I be bad for a minute? Go for it. I don't call it the pandemic. <laughs> Go for it. I call it the pandemic. So when the <laughs> pandemic happened, it hit us by storm. Uh-huh. And the real is a lot of memorex. People had to stand up uh-huh. and a lot of people were not prepared to stay in a the house. They didn't know what to do. They ate all of their meals outside. They didn't know how to cook. They didn't right. do. So people were losing it right. during that time. Right. Still haven't come back. Right. So I do see a lot of that there, but I do see a lot of companies who are interested in, in doing more. Yeah. So I'm going to name them, but some major companies are at least saying they want more about diversity, equity, inclusion. They want more right. about addiction. So, yeah, I've been hearing some of that. Yeah, that's, that's somewhat promising that the area is. So I know you mentioned and the quote came to mind is find something you love to do. You never work a day in your life. What does it look like for people that might be listening to this that might know somebody or need help themselves? Like, how do you help serve those clients? I know you mentioned the teaching and the, and, and the, the outpatient aspect, but like how and what ways do you serve your clients? So with me. I will talk to people who call and just have questions. You don't necessarily have to come on and sign on and be my client, but I do speak with um, clients who have questions because I want them to get the right information. Right. And I also let them know if you have any questions, call back and ask for me. Here's my email, whatever. Right. So I like doing that. But once they come in, I'm building a report with them from the beginning. If I answer the phone, Mm -hmm. so I have a couple staff that answers. If I get the phone, I'm making sure I give the correct information. Right. And I ask specific questions to get them on track. Okay. So they don't get lost. So I ask specific questions for that, but I'm building a rapport. When they get here, again, it's more rapport building. Mm -hmm. Uh, No shame, blame. And I think I have a little flavor. So (laughs) I bring that to the table, my personality. And I've had some of them tell me, you have a big personality. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I use that. And then we get down to the nitty gritty. Okay. And those could be people that are going through substance issues or, or have that, or even people that have mental health issues or everything in between. I'm getting them all. Are you? Okay. All. Now, this is a funny thing. When it comes down to substance abuse, a lot of old school substance abuse counselors, just you're an addict. You're always, I don't use that term. I don't call people addicts. Okay. If you, even if you call yourself one, I don't. The people that have mental health and then also substance abuse, are you catering to them all? I cater to them all because at the root of it, it is mental health. So if I do the substances, I'm covering up my feelings of abandonment, rape, divorce, low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. It's still the mental health issues, but substances exactly help you forget or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So cool. I think that's the bottom line are those mental health issues. So they go hand in hand. Yeah. And I've heard that people have said that it's, I don't know if it's an epidemic within itself, mental health and, and not being addressed, not being talked about it, let alone treated. Yeah. And I've had the, the pleasure of having so many people here from around the globe. And I must say, it's been a lot of information directed towards this kind of being a, Euro- a European and a, especially the United States thing. Okay. You get these people from other countries, they like, who? Depression? Hmm. What's that? Right. Um, panic attacks? What are you talking about? Bipolar? What? Huh? Clueless. So I think a lot of it here gets stigmatized 
we diagnosing everything, everything. So I think it's a little extra with that. Now I'm into the nutrition as well. So I have a health coach um, certificate as well, and I'm going for the nutrition coaching. But that has a major impact as well yeah. of what we're eating with genetically modified food. And now we wonder why these kids are not on time. Look, look, look what we're feeding them. Right. So that has a major part to it. I even had a, a guy came here from Central America and he said, listen, I could look right at a fruit and tell you if it's genetically modified. Mm. And I brought, I called him one. I brought it. <laughs> I brought two different ones in. Yeah. Bam. And one of the things was, it was, if it's too shiny and polished and clean, it's not real. Mm, <laughs> it's supposed to be rugged and, and rough looking and, and whatever the case may be with right. the seed inside of it. <laughs> right, right, right. So I think that's the big part. So I'll talk about nutrition, yeah. life planning, goals, yeah. and, and you start shaping it up in one area and it shapens up in others. Yeah. I almost wonder, do you feel like that's part of what I call your secret sauce, the thing you feel that you or the organization party makes it unique? Is it that kind of, for lack of a better term, holistic view that okay. you have on, I think sometimes we could think mental health is just here, health is here, um, fitness is here, but they're all part of that human experience. So I feel like that is something you have a great um, perspective on. Most definitely. They're all tied in. And I always tell people, let's say if you don't have money or have money, Mm-hmm. The reason is your emotional attachment to it. Mm-hmm. So we address that emotion, then we can start solving other problems. Right. A lot of us are caught up into whatever comes out on that TV, I have to get it and buy it. And that's part of the reason why we don't have it. Another th- reason when you look to globally, the United States, only place that, that I know of that has hoarders. Mm-hmm. And it's because we're consuming, consume, 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 right. consume, consume. And then you get consumed by consuming. Right. So I, I think that's another issue as well. Right. So I think hoarders are a reflection of people on substances. The way that house look is the way that person on drug head looks. Mm. Stuff cluttered all over the place. Mm. So it's the same. Even the 600 and plus people, the same difference. Yeah. Every corner is a fast food. So it's very easy for me to eat poorly right. because that's what's there. Then after the pandemic, all of the prices went skyrocketing. Right. Then Uber Eats, Uber was out, Uber was selling fine. After that, prices went sky high. Mm-hmm. The l- little man who used to do d- deliveries at places, they got thrown out of the way because now you do Uber Eats and pay this, pay this, pay this. So we get so used to allegedly getting with the times and then we lose ourselves. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I feel like the overall essence of the, who we are as human, like even the community feel and just looking after one another and all those things. But I appreciate you giving that visual. I wanted to switch gears a little bit. Sure. And I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book, or even a habit that you have. But what's something you think makes you more effective and efficient? Ah, good question. I like being (laughs) put on my toes like that. I'm always learning, always. So I'm always reading. Mm -hmm. I don't read. I've been studying my own research since the 80s. Okay. So school they give us, they beat me over the head with Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. And in the first and second grade, I was saying, is there anybody else (laughs) besides Martin Luther King? Uh So that's all they gave us. So I did my own research. So I still research. 
I'm like Dora the Explorer. I, I formally will go to school and research on my own. So, but on my own is where I found the most information. Right. So I do that and I never say I've seen it all and done it all. So every day is a new day and I learn from my clients. So it's not me. So that uh, it's about a community thing and learning and listening. So I really, I say I would hold those things to my special remedy or whatever the case may be. Yeah, it's huge to, to have that curiosity and I'll say insatiable curiosity where you're always learning, you're always trying to learn more. So what would you consider to be what I call a CEO nugget? This is a little bit more word of wisdom or piece of advice. I like to say it might be one of the organizations that you would give advice to, or if you were to hop into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. Don't be afraid. Get into it early. The earlier, the better. Network. You want to network because you don't want to become stagnant and you don't want to become like a silo. And so you need other people around you. I had a friend call me the other day for a high power job she was interviewing for. Mm -hmm. So she's like, give me some information on this because I'm not too skilled on that. Right. And she was like, wow, you've been saying that. I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> but you know, we always go by what the industry says and what the, the big companies are saying. Yeah. Look, they're there for money. So right, right. I'm saying here are the issues that are revolutionary. Let's address them. So I would say those are nuggets. Definitely network and have a, it's like having a little army of people you could go to when there's a problem. Yeah, it's so so powerful. I think um, Einstein said that you can see so much further by standing on the shoulders of giants. But if you don't have any giants around you, if you're not talking to giants, you're not having those conversations, then how are you going to see further? How are you going to be able to have and tap into those conversations, the expertise, the knowledge, experiences of people other than have those people that you're connecting with? Most definitely. Yeah, so we have to do it. And when you're doing this networking, I would say, don't always look for somebody who looks and sounds and acts and talks like you. Mm. You have to go outside of that comfort zone and get another frame of reference. Right. I appreciate you sharing that. But now I want to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. Our goal is to have different quote unquote CEOs on this show. So Shandiggy, what does being a CEO mean to you? <laughs> a CEO uh, for me is uh, it's a lot of basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Nothing like highly educated and but you have to you have to have a vision. You have to have some entrepreneur mannerisms and ways about you. So meaning risk taking mm-hmm. and you have to be able to diversify and expand mm-hmm. because you don't want to be a one trick pony. Mm-hmm. So that's where the networking comes in at and planning and, and being that visionary. Yeah. So yeah, that's I would say where I'm at. I'm in the process of that now yeah. and, and, and expand freeing myself from some daily duty so I can do more in other places. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. I think so many times when we have a vision, we think you just step and roll into it. Right. But in reality, a lot of times you have to expand into whatever that vision is. And that requires us to get out of our comfort zones and do different things. Most definitely. Yeah. And I've always been that way. But sometimes when you're doing a day to day and you don't have any help. Yeah. So I have some help. I want more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I have some help. But I have to step back and 
let the others come in. So yeah. that has been happening for me. So I'm able to start spreading out and, and doing some other things. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely something that's needed, as we talked about in the beginning. There's more hands that are needed. There's more brains. There's more feet. Whatever you can do, there, there's more that's needed. So obviously appreciate your time. Yes, and, indeed. And what I want to do now is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people can get a view, find out about all the awesome things you're taking working on. Well, if people want to contact me, my email is along one is C Miller at Ross Addictions with an S counseling.com and the number is 703-224-8929. I'm working on some social medias, but I don't have any of that stuff because I don't like putting people business out right. socially. Right. So those are two good ways to get in contact with me. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I appreciate that, Shane Diggy. We're going to have the links and information in the show notes as well, too, so that everybody can follow up with you and get a hold of you. So thank you so much for what you do, your time, and I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Yes, indeed. You as well. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast, powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Want to level up your business even more? Read blogs, listen to podcasts, and watch videos at cbnation.co. Also, check out our IMCEO Facebook group. This has been the IMCEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.